Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Let's do this. Another day, another dollar, another edition of The Drive. You're listening to The Drive on 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com, and the Odyssey app. My name is Karenton Harrison. Thrilled, excited, elated to be here with you as we kick off the week. Rob is back. You guys see, I don't take days off. Even on days in which the Royals cut into our show, I'm here, I'm present. Rob, oh, my friend got married. That's no grounds or no basis for you to just simply miss the show Rob's not committed to this Rob's not dedicated to this we've known this for quite some time but it confirmed last week while he was not here I'm back thankfully Rob is back here Rob how was your friend's wedding man it was a great time I was in Austin you know how I love Austin the way I feel about Austin is how you feel about Atlanta an incredible town incredible time I'm happy back though I'm rejuvenated ready to go we got a lot to get into over the course of the next three hours today. We are not on for the full four today. Kansas State continues to try to make a case for them making the NCAA tournament. They have a big game later today. That game tips off at 6 o'clock, so we are off an hour early today due to Kansas State pregame. But you know what? We're going to try to cram in the same four-hour drive content in less time. And that starts with... Time on the drive. Carrington, dial me up right now. 913-586-7610. Caller number six wins a pizza from our friends over at Pizza Tasio. Pizza Tasio is Kansas City's best New York style pizza, and they've taken over the town. They got a new spot in Waldo, plus they got locations in OP, Lids, Lee Summit, Midtown, North KC, St. Joe, and Lawrence. They also have a killer selection of craft and local beers, plus unique wines. So whether you're in the mood for maybe just a slice or two, or you're hungry enough for a whole pie, be sure to visit 
Visit them now at pizzatasio.com. That's pizza, T-A-S-C-I-O.com. I need you guys to do me a couple of favors. Number one, I need you listening to The Drive each day at 2 o'clock. And number two, I need you to tell one friend. You don't got to tell two friends. But if you want some of the best pizza in Kansas City and also help getting you ready for the NCAA tournament, there's no better place to do that than right here on 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com, and the Odyssey app. We are going to start today's show with college basketball. I know it surprises me too, Rob. I see the way you're looking at me. No, we are not starting with the Missouri Tigers, who have won two basketball games since December 1st. Congratulations to Kansas State with their win over BYU. Again, they're trying to build a resume that would include them in this year's NCAA tournament. But we are not talking about any of that. This is my question to those of you that love college basketball. And I wouldn't say that I love college basketball, but I like college basketball. I enjoy college basketball. I go to a handful of games over the course of the year. I watch it over the course of the regular season. I'm locked in for March Madness the same way that everybody else is. But my love of college basketball has changed for a bunch of different reasons. This is the question that I have to those of you that love college basketball. What do you want your sport to be? Because the way that it is put together right now, it is a significantly lesser version of the NBA. What I'm saying is, well, if the coaches get paid and the players get paid, that sounds like professional basketball to me. But part of what makes college basketball cool is the court storming. Part of what makes college basketball cool is the environment, the camaraderie, the fans, all of the extras. I have always said, I don't think that you love college basketball for the basketball. I think you love it because of the atmosphere, because of the crowd, because of the fixings. Well, one of the major fixings is if you don't cheer for Kansas or Duke or North Carolina One of the cool things is that if your team beats one of those teams, you are going to run out there on the floor. And I know this is going to happen. And you know this is going to happen. But seemingly every year we act surprised whenever the kids run and storm onto the court. Sure, there is an injury risk that is attached to it, right? Kids could possibly get hurt. And we have had multiple incidents this year. Caitlin Clark was in one earlier this year. Kyle Filipowski, who plays at Duke, he had another one at the end of Wake Forest. Wake Forest, you're Wake Forest. You know if you beat Duke at home that your students are going to run out there on the floor. So there is a measure of responsibility that you need to ensure that the Duke players safely get off the court but also allowing your students and your kids a chance to celebrate what's cool about college basketball. And what has been disappointing over the course of these last couple of days, if I've heard a lot of the talking is we, the adults, the people who it is our responsibility to preserve these things. We are now trying to take everything that makes the sport cool And now we're trying to get away with it. And if you do that, what are you left with in college basketball? You are watching coaches you don't know and players you don't know. And now we want to take away another cool thing that makes college basketball college basketball. I love Jay Billis. If they had a commissioner of college basketball, I would suggest Jay Billis. Listen to what he said earlier today as a way to potentially stop court storming. But the truth is, nothing's going to change now. We're going to talk about it, and it's going to go away. 
and nothing's going to change. And if they wanted to stop it, they could stop it tomorrow. Uh, the, the, the administrators will tell you that uh, security experts tell them that it's not, it's not a good idea to try to stop the court storming, that that could cause more problems than it would solve. But you don't have to stop the court storming. One time, all you have to do is once they're on the court, don't let them off. Just, just say you're all detained and give them all citations or arrest them if you want to. And then court stormings will stop the next day. Um, there's no accountability for this. It, it, the fans feel like it's an entitlement and the universities like it. And the truth is we like it. <laughs> Jay Billis. Jay Billis went on ESPN today and suggested that we should arrest students for running onto the court of a college basketball game. What is happening? Am I am I being punked? Am I in a bizarre world? How have we lost the plot so much? I feel like we can be in favor of both things. I want Caitlin Clark to be able to safely get off the court at the end of a game. I want Kyle Filipowski to be able to get off of the court. I want every participant in college basketball when the game is over to be able to go shake hands of the other team and safely and successfully get off of the court. But I also want to preserve one of the things that makes college basketball college basketball. What are we doing? We're taking away rivalries. Now we're taking away storming the court. We're talking about arresting kids. What do you want us to enjoy? These kids can't shoot. We don't know any of the players. We don't know what conference any team is in. What do you want us to enjoy? Give us something. The court storming is something. It's cool. You're watching a game at the end, and they got a buzzer beater or a team pulls off a mammoth upset, and it's a cool. Everybody looks like they're having a great time. If you're a Kansas State student, because I know if you went to Kansas, you have never stormed the court before. You guys are way too high and mighty to, I don't know, have fun at the basketball games. I know that. But that is a memory that you look back on, and it is one of the most fun times that you had at your school. Why are we so hell-bent on trying to take that away from the next generation? My generation, we hate snow days now. We don't want kids. Kids got to go outside when it's negative five degrees outside in a blizzard. And now we want to take away court storming. It, it doesn't make any sense. John Shire, who is our age, Rob, he's supposed to be one of the good guys. He's supposed to be on our side. Listen to what John Shire had to say. I'm more concerned about the, the well-being of our guys. You know, Flip sprains his ankle. When are we going to ban court storming? Like, when are we going to ban that? Like, how many times does a player have to get into something where they get punched or they get pushed or they get taunted right in their face? <sighs> All right. 913-586-7610. I, I feel like I'm just inside. I, I'm on the side of trying to preserve something that is really special, really cool, and really unique about college basketball. And I think that's really important. Someone on the text line says, CDOT, how would you feel if the Raiders or the Broncos stormed the field after beating the Chiefs? The players are getting paid now in college. 
But storming the court is not about the players. It's about the people in the stands. If you remove court storming and you remove some of these things, what is the difference between college basketball and the NBA? And I know you're going to tell me they really play defense in college basketball and they try really hard. Okay. What is the difference? What makes it a unique product? What makes it special? Why are you watching it? Why are you watching lesser players play basketball when there is a league where significantly more talented players are playing basketball? It's all of the other things. So let's try to preserve all the other things and what makes college basketball cool. What makes it cool is the Big 12 tournament. Sure, the Big 12 tournament doesn't have some significant meaning, but it's cool. The kids running on the floor after a buzzer beater or an upset win is cool. And I am just going to be on the side of preserving those things in college athletics because that's what makes it college. That's what makes it fun. It's a rite of passage for college students. It's cool. It's fun. We used to have fun. Remember that? I know we did. I've stormed the court before the game, and I enjoyed it. It was great. It's a lifelong memory. And you know what I want to do? I want to pass down those lifelong memories to future college students because that's part of being in college. The 610 Sports Radio phone line is brought to you by Underlaw Injury Lawyers. Visit GetJim.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Kansas City is Nick Bolton. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Move on to Charles Amenahu here coming up in a bit. We were talking about the uh, court storming debate argument. It is back in the news. I will point this one thing out about college basketball is it is kind of bad what we have seen college basketball where The only national conversation this season that we have had about men's college basketball is court storming. It feels very Major League Baseball fight version. Rob, the only time we really talk about baseball on a whole is when a fight happens, right? Is that kind of where we are? Because this season, all of the storylines just continue to be on the women's side. Like someone just texted this in. 
CDOT, if you can't protect the players, then I would ban it. You want it because you think it's cool. If a seven-footer lays you out because they were threatened, you would want to sue him. The students have zero rights over the players. If that school fails to protect its players, then they should be fine. Storming courts is dumb. This is my biggest argument for it. My biggest argument. And at this point, I am past the court storming part of my life. I'm an adult. I'm not in college. I don't have any interest in running out on the court at this point in my life. Y'all got it. Y'all kids. Y'all have fun. If I asked you why you like college basketball, the fans will be the number one reason why. Right? Like, text line, 913-586-7610. Why do you like and appreciate college basketball? What is it? Because I imagine many of you, Rob, you are a season ticket holder for college basketball. You are the 1%. You go to 10 to 12 college basketball games a year. I probably go to four to five. We are two big college basketball supporters. Why do you love college basketball? I mean, mostly the atmosphere, the atmosphere and the fans like Carrington, the COVID year taught us a lot about a lot of sports. You know what taught us about college basketball and really to an extent college football. It's not as good of a product. If you watch commercials on ESPN, CBS, Fox, whatever have you for college sports, you know what they're always selling the pageantry the intensity, the emotion, the atmospheres. That is the fans. College basketball and college sports are about the fans. You know why that new college football game is going to be fun? Because right now the internet's asking what fun college football traditions are going to be in there. That has nothing to do with the players. College sports is all about the fans' pageantry and the atmospheres far more than it is the actual quality of play because the players turn over so fast. So all my biggest argument is if – a major reason of why you love the sports are the fans. And there is one fan thing that, I mean, part of the reason why it's good is a majority, I'm going to say a majority, but a sizable number of the people that are in attendance of this, very different than professional sports is, you have a lot of 18 to 22-year-old human beings at these events that want to go crazy, that want to stand up, that want to jump up and down, that want to cheer, that want to support their team. They like this. They enjoy doing this. So let's put more of a responsibility on Wake Forest, on Mizzou, on K-State. Hey, we understand that this is a fan thing that you enjoy, and we want you to be able to enjoy it because it is what makes our sport cool, that it is such an intimate relationship between the athlete and the fans. Instead of completely erasing it, let's figure out a way of how can we consistently do this thing and how can we make it safe? Court stormings happen all the time and no one gets hurt. A few times a year it happens, and th- but for the most part, let's say there are 20 to 25 court stormings over the course of a college basketball season. There have been two this year that an incident has happened. There's been two that we're talking about, that it's reached this level. One, the Caitlin Clark incident, she got up and was fine. I just saw her. She shot from half court, and she has scored more points than only two players in college basketball scored more points than Caitlin Clark in her career. She's fine. And the Kyle Filipowski, and we'll see. So that's my biggest thing. CDOT, I love it for the court storming and the fact that Cinderella teams have a chance. Yeah, those things. I'm for preserving those things. I don't want to expand the NCAA tournament. It's great the way that it is. 64 teams, the bracket fills on one sheet, you know them, and it's great. Let's keep 
Let's keep what's cool about college basketball. So that's what I'm in favor of preserving. And part of it is the kids run on the court after a big-time win. This doesn't happen all the time. Again, it maybe happens 20, 25 times over the course of a college basketball season. By the way, I do think the Wake Forest game is somewhat an outlier. It just happened in a very prominent game because last week, again, again, we didn't talk about it on the air, but that's fine. Creighton beat the brakes off UConn. Just smoked them. You know what they did? They had a court storming. You know what we didn't talk about? The court mm-hmm. storming. I think a part of this is on the host universities as much as anything else. Creighton showed us you can have a top 10 team at the time number one in the country come into your building, get beat, and have your fans on the court after the game with no incident, no problem, no issue, no nothing. No players were hurt. They protected the players. The fans saw their experience. I don't think Creighton fans right now in their dorm rooms are saying, you know, our court storm stunk because I didn't get to hurt, you know, that giant Klingon guy from UConn. No one is saying that. But you know what? Creighton was prepared. Creighton knew it was coming. Wake Forest should know it was coming and prepared a way to protect Duke in the case it did happen. They should just have a protocol in place as a university. I mean, there's only certain teams you're storming the floor against. You're not storming the floor for beating Clemson in basketball if you're Wake Forest. Hey, you got Duke coming to town. You got North Carolina coming to town. We should maybe be ready for this. This should not catch us off guard that at the end of this, this is going to happen. It should not catch us off guard. Someone on the text line says, I love college basketball more than the NBA because it seems that they compete harder, play defense, and they play more of a team game, and also the atmosphere and the fans. I'm not here to have the college basketball versus NBA debate with you. I just I just don't know how you can watch the basketball in the two and come to the conclusion that one is just like more enjoyable to watch. It just does not compute to me. It does not make sense to me. But I, I, am, I guess in this conversation, Rob and I are probably in the minority. I watch enough college basketball, and I certainly watch a lot of NBA. It is just, it's not close between the two, and that's fine. And I think as I've gotten older, I have just started to appreciate college basketball more for what it is, and I understand that I am not watching it for the basketball. I'm watching it for the drama. At the end of a game, it's close, it's competitive, the crowd, the energy, and how the players feed off of it. But very rarely do I watch it, and I think that I'm watching good basketball. Just very, very rarely. I mean, it does happen, though. I'll sit here and defend college basketball a little bit. I think it's become the cool thing. Like, oh, it all stinks, all unwatchable. There are a lot of good watchable games over the course of the season. We just don't talk about them. The same way, and again, I love the NBA. There are a lot of unwatchable, horrible games in the league, too. We just don't talk about them. When the Wizards play the Hornets, no one goes to Twitter and says, this sport's unwatchable. It's the worst. But for some reason, when Mizzou is playing Arkansas, social media fills with, this is why college basketball stinks. I think you just have to embrace college basketball for its flaws. This weekend, when I was in Austin, you know what I did? I watched Baylor-Houston, and it was a very enjoyable basketball game for the actual basketball. Yeah, I think at least for me, it's just become the players have become so unrecognizable for me that at least for me, part of the joy of college basketball was I felt like I was watching 10 to 12 future pros. And that's kind of what I gravitated towards. Hey, I got a chance to see Trey young at Oklahoma. He's a really fun player. I want to see him play. Zion Williamson. When he went to Duke, it just On seasons like this one where it doesn't feel like we have those kind of stars and there's not that pull for it, it at least hurts my interest in the sport. Who's the best player in college basketball this year? Is it Zach Eady? 
Like, if you're telling me that kid is the best player in college basketball, college basketball ain't that interesting this year, at least not to me. I thought it was going to be with Duke. They got, I mean, with Kentucky. Kentucky's got a couple of players. Rob Dillingham might be the number one overall pick. I thought DJ uh, Wagner was going to be a little bit better player. That is the fun in college basketball from the on the court prospect to me is watching these kids at this level and, and then thinking about how they're going to translate to the next level. And I just don't see a lot of that when I watch college basketball today. But yeah, you're right. There are random fun games. And in the Big 12, there's a really exciting league. And you and I talked about it earlier today. I think the Big 12 tournament is going to be a lot of fun in person. I think the conference is fairly wide open. There's about five or six teams that could actually win the Big 12 tournament here coming up in a good weeks. It's going to be a fun and competitive college basketball event. I am very much looking forward to it. I... The, the Big 12 tournament, I'm really looking forward to. I just felt like, again, I don't want to have the NBA versus college basketball fight. The text line's geared up for it. I don't want to do it. I assume you don't want to do it. But I do feel like sometimes in this NBA versus college basketball debate, the people who are acknowledging the NBA is a better product go out of their way to crush college basketball when there's just more college basketball available. So, yes, the quality is worse, but there are still a lot, a lot of good games. And I feel like we don't highlight the good games nearly to the level we should. Instead, we go out of our way to crap on the sport, and I don't know why we do that. So I was going to take a minute just to stand as a white knight in defense of college basketball's oh, quality. Yeah. You notice I have not bashed college basketball as much as I used to. That's I true. went through a stretch there for you about two years. It was, it was bad. It was unwatchable. But you know what? I have decided to, I just, I leave college basketball alone. I watch my handful of games on Saturday. I'm plugged in. I know what happened. I, you guys might laugh at me. I, I, this season, I find women's college basketball to be more interesting this year. Like this is this season. I've watched more women's college basketball regular season wise than I have men's college basketball. Like I, I, I just do not find myself on a Wednesday randomly watching North Carolina play basketball. Like, it is just not that intriguing to me. This year's college basketball has been fun. If you're telling me, hey, Kaitlin Clark, she's playing an exciting game. There's just no player that has gravitated me towards watching college basketball on a random January. I went to my couple. I went to my two KU basketball games this year. I'm happy with that. I saw them play UConn. Maybe the best team in the country. I saw them play Missouri, which I I guess Missouri plays college basketball. It's some form of college basketball. I've been to my two Allen Fieldhouse games. I planned on going to Missouri to watch them play a game this year. I don't know why I would put gas in my car to go watch them do whatever they're doing this year. I can't wait for their season to be over. And we're going to see K-State here coming up in a couple of weeks down at the Sprint Center, man. So, again, I am uh, I, I am very much locked into March college basketball. Uh, let's get to the Chiefs. Charles Amenahu was on NFL Network earlier today. He was on Good Morning Football, and Charles Amenahu wants a new contract? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, a couple weeks ago, you took to social media saying you just want to feel appreciated. What do you feel like you did enough this past season to potentially get that new contract you're looking for? Uh, I think I did, to be honest. Um, like you said, seven sacks in 11 games, and then the sack in the in the championship game to kind of spark off the the the, the wave of defensive plays, um, finish second on the team in sacks, and then have the first six games to 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 catch up with George and Chris. So I think I did. I think that the tape speaks for itself. I think I showed um, dominant run play as far as and then as long as uh, with the pass rush inside and outside and just winning one on ones, uh, creating turnovers. Um, being the spark and like the energy plays that 
uh, they wanted me to uh, to be when I got there. Um, I wish I could have another full, a full season this year to kind of do the same. But I think um, I showed every everybody in the organization, everybody in the league that uh, I should be talked about in the maybe not in the in the in the Boston kind of conversation, but those guys right after guys that you when you go and do your game plan, you got you got to look for ninety out there on the field, and because if you don't. I'll get to quarterback one way or another. Charles, buddy, I'm on your side. I think Charles Amenahu was fantastic this year for the Kansas City Chiefs. I thought Charles Amenahu had a phenomenal season. A season. Thought he was great. Charles. Number one, you still have one year left on your on a two year contract that you sign. You you, so you're you're still under contract. That's number one. Number two, Charles, why why would you not why were you not playing in the first six games of the season this year? Was it an injury? Oh yeah, you were suspended for violating the NFL's personal conduct policy because of a domestic violence issue. So that's number one. Why did Charles Amenahu not play in 17 games this year? Well, you were suspended because of an incident. And then, so you couldn't fully participate in the regular season. And then because of an injury, you couldn't physically participate in all of the postseason games. Now we're talking about money. Now we're heading into the offseason saying that I need a new contract? Charles, I don't know who your agent is. I wouldn't do this. At least not publicly. Privately, if you want to have this conversation with the Kansas City Chiefs, everybody is entitled to do that. You, You are always entitled to go to your employer quietly and communicate. I'm not being paid enough. I would like for you guys to do something with my deal, do something with my contract. You are entitled to do that. My boy, I don't know if you can do that after a season in which you were suspended for the first six games and you tore your ACL a month ago. I just don't know if that's the offseason to be saying how you're underpaid. And you mentioned some of those other players. And you had a stretch there. You've never had more than seven sacks in a season. Not once. This was your sixth year in the league. You're not anywhere close to those guys. I just thought this interview was a bad look. And I'm usually on the player side. I'm usually on the, hey, I mean, do what you got to do. Bro, you got one more year on your deal. You got one more year. Play it out. Play it out. You'll hit free agency. You'll be 27 years old when you hit free agency. Still in prime shape if you get back healthy, to go out there and cash in and get yourself another big-time payday. But I don't know what makes you think the Chiefs are about to do this. And for a player who thinks so highly of himself, I do think it's noted this is the third team you've played for in six years. Why has no team shown a willingness to commit to you for a long period of time? I mean, Houston didn't do it. You then played for San Francisco for a couple of years, and then you hit free agency. And it's not like the Chiefs broke the bank. You signed a two-year, $16 million deal that guaranteed you a little more than $8.5 million. The Chiefs did not pay some astronomical deal for this player. He sounds a little bit delusional in this interview, a little bit delusional. 
Maybe I'm crazy. Had you seen the tweet where he said, I just want to feel appreciated? Like I did see this. I, I hadn't seen it. Credit to Ryan Leaf, who was hosting this morning, for pointing it out. But he thinks he's done enough to get a new contract. What are you talking about? The Chiefs found incredible value on in Charles Aminahu. And at the end of next year, you know what the Chiefs are probably going to do? They're going to thank him for his service and walk away to maximize the incredible value they got out of Charles Aminahu. There is no way. Like, I guess no way. Nothing's impossible. But it would absolutely stun me if Brett Veach and the powers that be over at One Arrowhead Drive were sitting around today and they were like, you know what we should do just out of the kindness of our heart? Give Charles Aminahu more money. He's not going to play 17 games again this season. He didn't play 17 last season. And we have on an incredible deal that benefits the team like you wouldn't believe. Let's just give him more money. Charles, you're going to be a free agent in 12 months. And I encourage you to go wherever you want to get the most money possible. But there's no way the Chiefs are giving him more money. No way. Yeah, I just, it just, the comments are just very confusing on a lot of levels in a lot of ways. Number one, just, bro, you had a very serious off the field incident and the Chiefs took a chance on you. They took a chance. You got suspended. Cool. You came back. He was balling. Everybody appreciates you. That should. Now, I, I can't speak for inside the organization. If you're a Chiefs fan and you followed him and watched him this year, you acknowledge how good Charles Amenahu was this year and how he was a valuable piece and member of that defense. He was, he was very good this year. He was very good. I'm disappointed that Charles Amenahu got hurt. But, Rob, you, you just got off. NFL probation. You're currently going through rehab for an ACL tear. So we don't know if you're going to be able to play the first week of the season. And now you're in the media cycle talking about how you're underpaid. You're not appreciated. And no, I don't know who's advising him, but he got terrible advice from whoever it was. Charles, you know what I would do, man? I would just focus on my rehab and keep my head down. That's what I would do. I would focus on my rehab. I don't know if I would do any more of these interviews this offseason. And I would just do everything I can to come back healthy, something to prove. And I would try to ball out this season. And if you don't feel the Chiefs are giving you the money that you need, again, you are going to be 27 years old when your, when your contract is up. 27. That's still, you can very easily get another two or three year deal. You go out there and you put together a career year. And this season was a career year. He had 28 tackles. He had seven sacks this year. He had 11 quarterback hits, five tackle for loss. You could argue this was the best season of Charles Aminahu's career. Go put together another big-time season and then go get yourself paid. But putting yourself in the names you were throwing out there, I don't, I don't know, man. Charles, this is not... This is not what I would advise you to do. It's not at all what I would have advised you to do. He said he's a notch below Nick Bosa. That's what he said. No, that's what he now, said. Now, I don't know what his version of notches are. Like, yeah, if you're $17 million cheaper, then that, that's a notch. That, that, that's one way to look at notches. But, I mean, Nick Bosa's making 30 plus. You think you're at what? What is a notch below Nick Bosa you think make? Like, what's that next tier you think you're Max on? Max Crosby? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what I would have said, notch-wise. Like, what, what, who does it, uh, 
the whole thing is befuddling. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. Uh, it is uh, very much befuddling. No, you're right. It is uh, very, very befuddling. Uh, very, very befuddling. Uh, let's take a break here. 913-586-7610. 913-586-7610. Keep it locked in right here. It's The Drive. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Brought to you by Deep Esqually Moore. Car, truck, or motorcycle wreck? Remember, Mike's got this. On your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Download the Odyssey app and listen to The Drive with Carrington wherever you are. Let's play for you guys what Russell Wilson had to say. He sat down with the I Am Athlete guys, and here's what Russell Wilson had to say. I got more fire than ever, honestly, especially over the past two years of what I've gone through, whether it's in Denver or somewhere else. I, I hope it's in Denver. You know, I hope I get to finish there. I, I, I committed there. I wanted to be there. You know, I want to be there. For me, it's about winning. Over the next five years, I want to win too. I want to feel the chill of that trophy again. You know, I, I love the city and everything else, but you know, you also want to be a place that, that wants you too. So the thing that I, I, I want to do is, is, is win. Man. That's, all, that's all I care about. Russell. You know what? I'd be focused about locking up one of them starting jobs, my boy, because that seems like it's very much up in the air for you moving forward. I mean, I get it. Have a goal. Manifest your destiny. I'm I'm here with you, Russell. Russell, I don't know if there's that many teams that want you to be their starting quarterback next year. I think the number is actually really, really small. I think the number is less than five teams that he realistically has a chance to be a starting quarterback for them next season. I don't know if Russell Wilson is going to be a starting quarterback in the next five years. So he says he wants to win two Super Bowls in the next five. I I don't know if you have five more years left to playing in the NFL, my guy. And I'm not sure if that's going to be your decision as much as it will be the league's decision. I do think that there is a place for Russell Wilson in the National Football League. I think Pittsburgh makes a lot of sense for him. I think Washington makes a lot of sense for him, depending on what they do at the quarterback position this year. I think there's some teams that makes sense but I think a lot of the allure and shine is certainly off Russell Wilson I don't think players in the league feel that way about Russell I don't think that talent evaluators I don't think teams feel that way and it has ended very very poorly for you in your last two spots Seattle an organization that knows you as well as anybody they gave up on you we all saw what happened with the Denver Broncos and how poorly that went 
I don't think there's going to be a lot of teams that are running down to have Russell Wilson be their starting quarterback. And I think some of this, Russell might have to accept who he is right now. He might have to accept that he's Gardner Minshew. And I'm not talking about as a player, but hey, you're going to go to a team that has spent a big resource on a quarterback the way the Indianapolis did. They had Anthony Richardson. Hey, your job is to be a mentor. Your job is to be the OG to kind of show them what's going on. And if an injury happens, we feel like we have one of the better backups in the National Football League. Russell might have to accept that's who he is at this point. And at least the way he's talking, for what we just heard in that clip, and I watched a little bit of this interview, I don't know if he maybe has the right mindset going into free agency about the way the league feels about him and where he is at this place in his career. Listen, me and you can disagree about Sean Payton, but Sean Payton, by benching you, basically announced that, hey, guy who is considered a quarterback guru, a guy who is considered you know, in the know with how to coach offensive football in the NFL, at least at this point, his career he still is, just said, nah, it ain't going to work with this guy. And the year before, Russell Wilson had undoubtedly the worst year of his career, and we were all getting our jokes off at Russell Wilson's expense. Russell Wilson, and maybe we're saying the same thing, six and one hand, half dozen another. He needs to go be Mitch Trubisky somewhere. Go into a place where you're competing for the job, but if you don't get it, that's fine. Lie in wait, get your work. Maybe you eventually pop in, and that's when you try to roar back to life. Don't be talking about Super Bowls. Talk about being the next Ryan Tannehill, like how Tannehill went to go sit behind Mariota, got his chance, made the most of it. Good for Ryan Tannehill. That's what Russell Wilson's path is. His path is not in five years. I'm holding the trophy twice. And I mean, kudos to him for not crushing Denver. But the idea that he's like, I want to do it in Denver. That is certainly not happening. That's over. That's done. (laughs) No, that's completely over. That team you're talking about, though, we are saying the same thing. That team you're talking about. There's just not that many of those teams available. Or the teams that you would think make a lot of sense, you've already played for and it didn't work. Like, honestly, the perfect situation for somebody like Russell Wilson is Denver, right? Denver is about to draft a quarterback. Or they're going to have in a miserable veteran. I mean, that's kind of where we are, right? If you look at a team like Commanders, they're going to have the number two overall pick. Let's say they go with Drake Bay. Then, hey, you're Russell Wilson. You come in there. Maybe you start for the first seven, eight games. Eventually something happens, and then they put in the young guy. That's kind of where Russell Wilson is at his career. Have we seen many, I don't know if you would call Russell Wilson a star quarterback. He certainly was at one point. Have we seen many players make this transition? Now, I'm not saying, you know, he, but I mean, this is what happened really with Eli Manning at the end of his career. Eli just kind of stepped away gracefully. You remember, there was that time that they benched Eli Manning, and they basically just had to apologize to the people of New York. They were like, no, you don't treat Russell Wilson that way, or uh, uh, Eli Manning that way. That's not how Ben Roethlisberger went out. That's not how Drew Brees went out. Obviously not Brady. Obviously not Rodgers. Has there been a quarterback that their height was as high as Russell Wilson? At one time, his stature was where Russell is, that now he's making that transition where we kind of look at him like he's Tyrod Taylor, like he's Gardner Minshew, like he's that veteran stepping in and he's your break in case of emergency quarterback. This is usually not how quarterbacks with his pedigree, this is usually not how they 
sort of age. I mean, you're talking about a guy who has been an all pro, a guy who has made nine Pro Bowls, a guy who has led the NFL in passer rating, led the NFL in touchdown, been to two Super Bowls. Russell Wilson is one of the better quarterbacks of his generation, one of the better quarterbacks of his era. And the last 36 months or so for him, they have gone about as poorly as you can imagine. Is Phillip Rivers a good example? Now, listen, I know the highest of highs were much higher for Russell Wilson than Phillip Rivers. I understand that. But Phillip Rivers walked out of San Diego and everyone thought, I guess L.A. at the time, excuse me, everyone thought he was cooked. Remember that? It was the 2019 season in Kansas City. He looked horrible. That game down in Mexico, he was throwing wounded ducks. It looked over, over for Phillip Rivers. And then he hit free agency and was a member of the Colts and was okay for a year, took his team to the playoffs. Like, there are examples of star players who try one more time to get a bite of the apple, but it's pretty rare that a guy gets a third chance because Russell had the highest of highs, had the stink. Now the third time rarely ever happens. The closest example I can think of is maybe Phillip Rivers. Coming up at the top of the hour, I want to pay respects to one of the best sports writers in the country that is deciding to step down, Peter King. He's a regular guest of the show. We'll talk about that coming up in just a bit. I'm sure by now you guys have seen the video. Now, I'm not even saying this is like a way to pat myself on the back or anything. That's not the purpose of this. Is I have seen Cam Newton in person two separate times in my life. I just saw him a couple of weeks ago in Las Vegas. I didn't talk to him, but I, I walked right past Cam Newton. I am telling you that he is not a normal-sized human being. So, Rob, as I am walking into Radio Row, it's a big crowd of people around. In the middle of the crowd, it is Cam Newton, it is Julian Edelman, and Rob Gronkowski. And you and I both kind of view Gronk as like a bigger guy, right? Big physical tight end. I'm telling you that Cam Newton looks significantly bigger than Rob Gronkowski did at that moment. And I'm just like, yeah, Cam's not a normal human being. You're telling me people tried to fight him? Now, I don't know the backstory. I really don't know the backstory. But I saw the same video that you all saw with Cam Newton. They were out there wrestling. I don't know what would make you get into a physical altercation with the, with the human being that I've seen. I don't know what would make you do that. You saw the way he was eating those boys' attempted punches. Hey, about six, seven of them still couldn't get Cam Newton down. You've certainly seen some football players. You were like, oh, he's not as big as I thought he was. And then you see something like, oh, I get it. Like, I'm telling you, you remember this, Rob. The biggest human being I'd ever seen in my entire life was Alan Bailey. Remember Alan Bailey? D lineman for the Chiefs. Went to Miami. I'm Cam Newton about his size. That's a big, sturdy human being. I don't know what would lead you to get into a physical altercation with Cam Newton. I just don't know. It, does, it doesn't seem like it's going to end well for you. I also want to know who made Cam Newton's hat. Because the fact that Cam Newton's hat didn't fly off in all of the fisticuffs and the brouhaha, that hat needs to have a commercial or needs to have a targeted ad on Instagram right now because I'm going to be the greatest hat I've ever seen. If, if that was a regular new era cap, that cap would have been floating in the breeze right now. Cam Newton would have never seen that hat again. But whatever kind of brim that was that didn't come off in the fisticuffs, I'm telling you, Rob, that's the best hat I've ever seen. I want to know what, I mean, I, I've seen the video. The video is everywhere. I want to know what started the altercation. Why, why did someone think it's time at this football camp to go fight Cam Newton? Like, not even just the physical stature. 
Why? Why are we fighting at a football camp in February? What What is going on at these camps where it just ends in a fight of an NFL athlete who, by the way, as you mentioned, Cam Newton is, there's a reason he was making college football players look like children as he ran through them. He is an enormous specimen. Yeah, it's, I'm telling you, it's crazy. Like, it, it I'm, I just pulled it up. Cam Newton right here on Wikipedia. They have him at 6'5", 245. And I mean an athletic 6'5", 245. Could still probably go out there and run probably, what, a 4'7", 4'8"? Bro, I'm not getting into a physical altercation with that, man. Whatever the problem is, bro, you got it. No, you got it. No, you know what, man? That's my, that's my bad. I'm sorry I stepped on your shoe. You got it. You got it. I don't know what happened. I really don't know. All I saw was that little quick video. I saw him arguing. They went over there and looked like they tried to jump Cam. And he was, I'm telling you, he was eating those punches just like Frosted Flakes. Just, just, just unfazed by it. Unfazed is what it looked like. He looked like the juggernaut. That's what he looked like. All right, coming up on the other side, Peter King is retiring. We'll talk about it. Keep it right here. So drive. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 